0: Azana Serene is an absolute joy to speak with. The young Los Angeles native grew up knowing that she had a passion for fashion. That passion turned into reality when she was accepted to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, FIDM. Her experience there would shift her thinking completely. The relationships made, the lessons learned, and the mentorship had would prepare Azana for a life as a fashion designer. At an age that many would consider too tender to go into business, Azana decided to take the plunge. After much thought, planning, and counsel, she created Azana Serene, an elegant clothing line for women. Her designs are dramatic. The angles, color scheme, and overall aesthetic of the brand can be likened to a powerful piece of art depicting rough seas or a cyclone. They are exciting yet practical, artistic yet made for the everyday woman. With a red carpet client already under her belt, Azana Serene is the definition of success and goals for young entrepreneurs. Never one to be arrogant, she is all business when necessary and all lovely when needed. With her beloved bowl of peanut M&Ms by her side, Azana Serene is only just beginning. Trust me, you will see her evening wear and recently introduced day wear, Grace Elite Red Carpets, runways around the world, and oh yes, her own branded boutiques. But that is all still to come. In the meantime, this is the story thus far. Of Azana Serene. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. She is a designer extraordinaire, and you'll be wearing her clothes before long. Azana Serene, welcome to Planet 30.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Ah, we appreciate we appreciate you for coming. Tell us, was fashion always your dream, and if it wasn't, what was?
1: Okay, so yes, there was. I think there was a brief moment where I I think I aspired to be a a lawyer, like momentarily, and then from there, fashion was definitely always the focus. Um, I just had a thing for clothes, and when I was younger, my grandmother um, she showed she showed me how to sew. I think the first thing I made it was a pillow. It was a, <laughs> a little throw pillow that I made. And from there, I kind of just, I stuck with it. I had no idea how I was going to make it happen. But I knew that I had a thing for design.
0: How old were you at the time when you learned how to sew?
1: Ooh, um, if I want to say like 10, 10 years old, just about. Um, that's when we, first first she was uh, she was just killing me with the knitting. And she was really good at that. Crocheting anyone? Right, right. And she was just wicked with it. I could not keep up. And then, you know, knitting turned to sewing, and we busted out an old machine. Um, So, yeah, probably 10 years old was when I got started.
0: Mm. So other people, other people, like other types of equipment, and you fashion designers, boy, you got to get the (laughs) Rolls Royce of sewing machine. I have to have a brother.
1: Oh, my gosh, (laughs) yes. How'd you know? (laughs) Yeah, my sewing machine is my baby. It really is. It's it's probably one of my favorite things that I have. It just it does so much.
0: You guys take your sewing machine seriously, boy.
1: Mm-hmm. Trust me. There's some new machines that I'm trying to get on top of that machine. There's some other little trinkets out there. <laughs> I,
0: I love it how producers have to have all these uh, keyboards and you know mm-hmm. plugins <laughs> and filmmakers have to have the best cameras and you best got editing it. software. <laughs> Fashion yeah, like design is like you
1: know it <laughs> matters down to the newest scissors that I can get like like clean fabric scissors are not easy to come by so it's important
0: I never yeah I never thought about that scissors interesting
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll see because we get to a point where you mess up some other scissors doing it or cutting through like too many layers of the fabric I have butchered some scissors or I didn't take them seriously in school and they're like don't drop your scissors they will not be the same and they were right you know that's when you you just figure out what tools really matter to you and all that fun stuff
0: wow wow now you grew up in cali la to be exact
1: yes, this is my city
0: how did los angeles influence your style
1: <laughs> oh gotta say okay so in one way a lot but also you know la california it just as a whole you know everybody thinks streetwear they don't necessarily think evening wear which is my bread and butter right but then you got hollywood you've got all the celebrities the whole shebang the whole idea around it so um i would say it definitely played a role but more in like my my mindset and like that whole idea of building a special occasion but because la gets that streetwear rep and i mean it, it is really we do some really dope streetwear here. Because of that, it was kind of hard to get that recognition for evening where I really find my find my market because it is such a smaller market, but that's what made it special to me. I love those, you know, those are my people, the ones who love that, that craft of design who are really into like the, um, you know, the sewing and the handwork and the beading and all of that. Oh my God, it just, the list goes on.
0: You're just getting excited talking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Azana, you're Generation Z, technically. What are some <laughs> of the What are some of the trends that you you like growing up during your lifetime?
1: Um, some of the trends I like. You know, it's. I think I'm a little bit backwards in that sense because I I love the modern trend that I see. You know, I was really fortunate to grow up in a generation where there's like tons of women entrepreneurs tons of women in business that I can kind of be inspired by and that's who I design for I take a lot of my inspiration from my generation in that sense because there's so many young women doing it that are my age and just really really making a mark and they're so young to do and I think that's awesome it's awesome 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 and they're who I design for so it's less of the trend and more of the women of my generation I would say that gotcha. are the inspiration because the style of it, I think, is definitely something that's more mature, more elegant. Um, I've actually been told it kind of it goes against my generation. So I think people always notice that, that I'm t- clearly designing for or from a different time period. I have a huge thing for period pieces and like the fashion of other times. And I really like to design that before modern women of today. Oh, so yes definitely
0: so what what speaking about that what uh are some of your favorite periods is it the 40s the 60s the 70s
1: mm. okay 40s this is definitely not my style but the whole pinup girl thing loved it but mm. favorite definitely had to be like the the 20s you know it was something super elegant super fun um even more i would go even earlier than that you know i'm talking before the 1900s have even hit i really have a thing for like um the period pieces where women do the corsets anything that you have to lace up just the more complicated the design and more inconvenient just know that that's that's what i love
0: i love that word inconvenient
1: yes inconvenient um The 20s was a huge inspiration for me. Um, I know everybody probably knows the movie, like The Great Gatsby. Mm -hmm. Movies like that have been a big inspiration for me, or um, one that's closer to, I think, before the 1900s, would have been, like, The Other Bowling Girl. I find a lot of inspiration in movies and pieces, whether they're fiction or not. Um, I kind of dwell in both. I love the combination of fashion. It's always very telling of the time and of the mindset of women then.
0: So, what other forms of art influence your your fashion? You mentioned movies. Are you into paintings as well? Or photography, writing.
1: I think writing. Um, huh. I've never been asked that before. <laughs> Welcome well, to Plan Thirty. Yeah, that's <laughs> this is what it's all about. Um, God, I, you know, there's no real limit to it. I think I do like photography and writing for sure. When I think photography, I really like fashion photography or, you know, I'm, I'm always a fan of the museums. We have some really cool ones here in LA and, you know, those can offer a lot of inspiration, but I think I, more of my art inspo really came from just more of my background with Fitum. Uh, they had a lot of cool museums and different pieces that would they would showcase during different times of the year, whether it was from a specific movie, maybe a student worked on it, things like that. So, um... Honestly, my my biggest form of inspiration through other art is probably just other people's art, whether it's another designer that I look up to, someone that I studied with, things like that. Just to see their art and their interpretation of it um, is very inspiring.
0: Tell us about your experience at FITM.
1: Oh, my gosh. I honestly had a great experience there. Absolutely nothing like what I thought college would be. Well, first of all, Um, what,
0: what does FITM stand for, for those that don't know?
1: Oh, Yeah, so FITM is the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, and one of their biggest locations is actually based here in Los Angeles. Um, Funny, it all worked out for me. I always said that I wanted to, you know, go to school out here in Los Angeles. I knew I wanted to design. I had no idea that FITM really existed, I don't think, until high school at some point. Um, My experience there was great. I applied during my junior year, and I was really fortunate to be accepted, and I just I knew it was the place to be for me. I was my my inspiration or my reason for being there. Honestly, was inspired by one of their alumni. She's a huge designer now. Um, her name is Monique Loubier, and mm-hmm. I saw her work. Yeah, she she does amazing stuff. I mean, I just <laughs> I visit her website way too many times, but um, I saw some of her work on display. And just seeing everything that they had to offer, you know, they do a really good job of giving you a well-rounded experience and really opening your eyes to all the the options there are in the fashion industry. Because you know, when people aren't really in it, it's it's not always really clear cut what's going on. Or it's like, okay, so you dress people, or okay, so you draw, or you know, so it's you know, I do a lot more than just that, and there's much more of a story to it than just picking clothes for somebody and Finnam helped me get much more technical with it and really make a craft out of something that was really just a hobby at the time. Mm.
0: So are you making pieces for your friends and family?
1: I'm more like cutting up my own stuff okay. <laughs> probably. Um every now and then I would make my sister get in there and just be like a fit model or be like come here let me take your measurements. I'm going to make this, you know. And um I definitely made a few dresses for some close friends. Um <laughs> I I did and that was really fun. Once I got a dress form, all bets were off. I was just making any and everything on there. Um, yeah, and then it, it kind of just took off. fit them really gave you an opportunity to try a lot of different styles and a lot of pattern classes and draping classes and sewing classes. So I really got to make a lot of different pieces and friends and family saw that, you know, there was there was a pillow, there were some I think I made a a a dress for like a toddler. I've done scarves before, you know, pants, top, dresses, gowns. You know, I've I've tried everything except I think menswear so far. Um, It's been pretty great. (laughs) It's coming. I'm working on it. It's definitely been in high demand.
0: (laughs) Are there any stylish people in media or you know, music or movies that you look up to in terms of who's your muse?
1: (laughs) I love that question. I, like, definitely don't have just one because I'm too... Yeah, I can't make one, but...
0: Sure, you give, us, a give us a few.
1: <laughs> a few? Well, let's start with Zendaya. I have to say mm-hmm. her. I think you knew that, right? You had to see that one coming.
0: Very, Zendaya. very, very good choice.
1: Right? She just, I mean, she does a great job, more than a great job. The way she represents herself is very inspiring the styles that she wears i haven't seen her in anything that she did not pull off whether or not somebody else could or not i don't know but you know she always comes correct every time and i love it um what well, since i always find inspiration in women who just have a you know this amazing career this amazing story that kind of got them there and it's really just about how they carry it so you know Others would have been, um, oh, I don't know if you know um, Elaine Welter-Ross. She is phenomenal. She's actually not an actress or anything. She's a published author now, and she was an editor at Teen Vogue, I believe. um, Yes. Some years back. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I
0: I definitely know who you're
1: talking about. Don't glasses, yeah. um, I I stalk quite a few people, and she was definitely another huge inspiration for the way she speaks to other women. and. That that kind of goes back to what you were saying with being inspired by other art forms. Her writing actually was very inspiring because it, it had a lot to do with confidence and owning yourself. And that is, it resonates with the message of Azana Serena as a whole. So, um, oh, also Bazoma St. John, she mm-hmm. is freaking oh, yeah. phenomenal. Um, let's see who else would I put on that list. Oh, Rihanna, of course, because really? why not? <laughs> yeah, right? There's no explanation needed. <laughs> Um, Marcy Martin, a lot of different women who have just caught my attention for one reason or another. And that, I mean, that list is always changing. It's always growing. There's always, I have a new obsession. You know, if we, if you talk to me again next month, I'll have a whole new list for you.
0: So I'll put it out in the universe. Those are that list that you just gave. Those are your future clients.
1: There we go. Yes. Future clients. I like that.
0: (laughs) Or should I say future customers? (laughs)
1: Future customers. Love it.
0: (laughs) So did you have a eureka moment? I know that that, that fashion was always, you know, in the background and as you were coming up and it was something that you wanted to do. But was there like a eureka moment where you said, "Okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life.
1: (laughs) <laughs> when you say it like that it sounds scary <laughs> um, you know I feel like I've had more than a few like more moments because there's there it just there's been countless times where it gets scary and I think that's it's funny for me to say that because I know I'm still so young in the game but like um multiple moments where I've just been able to kind of affirm okay I'm in the right place I'm I'm doing it you know and I think it's kind of it's it's humbling and really exciting to hear other people's reaction because sometimes you're so head down in what you're doing and those kind of become my eureka moments oh you know what the perfect one one of the sweetest things um I don't know when this happened I'm gonna say sometime in 2019 it was when I was working on my royale collection that was the fall collection for 2019 and I'd been you know posting away celebrating the whole launch of it and I had gotten a DM from some girl I had never heard. And at this time, I was very heavy just reaching out to anybody that I could to get promotions. You know, it's very important to just spread the word and everything. And this girl, um, she messaged me and she said, one day I'm going to wear one of your gowns down the red carpet. And I just was like so, mm. I was just so happy. It was so sweet. It was so sweet because I feel like, you know, I you don't know me from anybody. And that was, I feel like that was the first very organic time that I felt like someone resonated with the brand. And the fact that, you know, she wasn't in her career yet, you know, this was a a younger woman, I think she was like in high school. And the fact that she just said that it it was a fact, you know, I loved that. I love that she reached out and I was a part of her, her plans and her dreams. And that was where I was like, you know what? Somebody gets it, you know, not everybody yet, but the message is there. And that was just, it was so sweet. Like it makes me happy even now. Like she, is looking forward to me. Wow. Okay. You know, it made me feel great.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure yeah. she will.
1: And I'm sure she will. I can't wait to see her.
0: <laughs> Other than the uh, the lady that you mentioned earlier, who are some of your favorite designers?
1: Um. Ooh, favorite designers. Uh, are we talking established or up and coming, like myself? Oh, both. Oh, both. Okay. Good question. Um, as far as established go. Mm, actually, I'm going to start with the up and comers. I think if that's cool. One of my favorite right now, she's actually a menswear designer. Her name is Faith Ibrahim and she does a menswear brand. And I just, I love again, her message and her story. And the story is really big to me. You know, I, I think we all love that. Um, You know, the story that got you there it doesn't, it's not necessarily always like a sad story or whatever the case is, but just to hear how much it means and to see, what came out of it um so she's a really big she's a designer that i idolize um she's pretty dope as far as more established designers i do have to say uh, hmm, if not monique then oh you know what a big designer i really like is faye noel
0: Mm. um
1: she does a really uh, she does amazing designs i think she's from granada i want to say I hope I'm right. Yes. <laughs> I really love her designs. They know well. Um, I'm, I'm just inspired by her whole take on it. I think it's really nice when you see people have this really, very personal story in their designs. And it's super clear, you know, her design and her, they go hand in hand. There's no disconnect at all. Um, I think another designer I like, I, I definitely really respect what Rihanna is doing um, under LVMH with Fenty. I think that's super awesome. The fact that she became a designer just adds to why I just admire her so much. Um, I don't know who else. I'm trying to think of more more designers that I stalk.
0: Rihanna, the girl that used to sing.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I think that's dope that she just... I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do fashion real quick and just and then, be amazing. And then shit.
0: skincare and, and cosmetics. Yeah, whatever.
1: You know, just on the side.
0: Might open a car dealership.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> who would be surprised at this point, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think she's, she's definitely one of the ones that I admire. I'm not sure who else. I'll have to think on that one.
0: Mm. To those that say fashion is frivolous,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: why is fashion important
1: oh fashion is very important that is one of my favorite questions i'm gonna break it down for you right now so <laughs> so i know a few um have probably seen one of my favorite movies yes it's very cliche the devil wears um, prada thank you okay so we're on the <laughs> we're speaking the same language right now so um my favorite scene is you know not when she's walking in like uh you know, such a boss lady in the office. It's when she breaks down. The
0: soliloquy when she, when she, yeah. Yes, when she <laughs>
1: breaks down the colors. And I was like, look, if y'all don't know out here right now that the decisions you make in fashion, it's so much more than just the first thing that you saw. You know, you it, it comes from, I, I love that trickle down and that story and that it really does impact everybody. You know, think about it. Think about the fashion from when you were younger, whatever you were wearing 10 years ago. And then go another 10 years back. And then go another 10 years back from that. Think about any period in time. All of them were marked with something in fashion. And whether that was a war time when materials were scarce. So as a matter of fact, women had to change the cut of their skirt to take up less material. In the 50s, those skirts, the fuller skirts were a huge deal. And that changed over time. That wasn't just a style choice. That was because they had less material. So to cut a bias cut skirt... They didn't have the fabric for that. There was a time when women would draw the line up the back of their legs to look like stockings because they couldn't actually afford to have them because those were materials that went towards the war effort. And so to know little background stories like that, I think is amazing. Or the fact that, you know, these different corset styles, you know, there's a rhyme and reason behind these things. And it's so much more than the vain industry that people sometimes make it out to be, where it's just about looking pretty or... Um, you know, just about being popular or whatever, it's not so surface level, not at all. And that is why Azana Serene's focus is so much more on that story and what it took to get you in the place that you're in. You know, it's all about special moments and fashion always has its moments, whether it's present or whether it's really not, you know, in years from now, we're going to be looking back and seeing everybody wearing masks, you know, I'm sure you guys are already aware of this, but there are a plenty of different styles of masks out there. You can't really find a brand that's now not offering those. And what did Fashion Go do? What did high fashion brands do? They went and put, they bedazzled them. You know, they're finding the most, they're finding the materials that are the safest for people. And that that's a really big deal. You And I don't think people always think about the safety that fashion may take into account or the adjustments that they may make to really keep up with the times to keep up with their audience. You know, everything that we wear, no matter how high fashion or budget friendly it may be, it definitely serves a purpose. And it is for somebody, you know, and those colors, you know, people, you have to think about the things that attract different audiences. And that is, it it really carries a lot of weight. And so sometimes when people think they're just wearing a shirt, yeah, you are. But, you know, someone did a lot of work to make sure that you would pick it. And someone knew that you would. Or when you look back in these history books, you know we we mimic styles all the time. I love our generation, my generation. We love to think we're doing new things, but you know, um, th- think of all the jean styles that you've already seen: bell bottoms or whatever they are. You know, those those are not new styles. High waisted pants. You've got the mom jean, the boyfriend jean. You know, those all came from somewhere, mm-hmm. and now they put them into fast fashion, and you know, you totally forget that. You totally forget that it already kind of had its time and that that turnaround. I think even that cycle, the way that fashion can kind of keep going in circles and carry on to new generations is awesome. And you see the way that it's interpreted. You know it's always it's always shown, and that's what I love about fashion, that it it is always relevant. Whether you put it no matter what issue you kind of focus on, whether it is just a form of self-expression or it helps identify groups, it's huge in communities, right? whether it's matching matching t-shirts a costume mm-hmm. a specific color even if you're talking black lives matters right that you're using fashion as a part of a way to make a statement to express how you feel plenty of different groups do that so i think that's what is interesting to me about fashion it can always make a statement and in times like right now with kind of this global pandemic again fashion has found a way to adjust to meet people where they are to make sure they still feel safe and really still communicate with people. And I think that's really great.
0: Awesome. Now you mentioned Azana Serene. Yes. Tell us about your line.
1: <laughs> Ooh, now the good stuff. Okay. I like this. You, you made me wait for it. Okay. <laughs> um, so Azana Serene is a made to order brand. It is as of recently now also day wear as well as evening wear
0: pieces.
1: Ooh. Um, yes, I know it's exciting. <laughs> um, So Azana Serene is kind of what I said. It's all about telling the story. And by that, I mean speaking with our customers and, you know, like the girl on Instagram is making sure that people, I want it to resonate with people's special moments and really speak to women who are making a name for themselves, blazing the trail. And I grab all my inspiration from those who are already on their way. And I would love to empower those who still have ways to go um azana serene really focuses on preserving elegance that's been a really big deal for us um always and it's kind of one of the big cornerstones of the brand and of course just celebrating women celebrating diversity um as a black woman i like to see black women in fashion and i make it a point to make a very diverse brand and share share those looks on different women and to make sure that they know they're beautiful um the saying for Azana Serena, is "Serene is for you. You make it special." That's because we want your story. We want to be a part of this special moment for you, and um, it's it's it kind of works in a cycle for me, right? The people that I get inspiration for from are those that I'm also designing for.
0: Hmm. Yeah. What would you say is your style motif? Uh, you know, in, in describing your your brand.
1: The style motive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um are you more modern or is it a mixture of as you mentioned past genera, past uh decades and modern or you know, It's
1: definitely a mixture. Um I'm a sucker for high slits. That's I think everybody if anyone's seen my brand seen the evening wear, they know that I'm definitely a sucker for a good like a uh, a nice sexy side slip. But definitely um no a little bit more here. conservative. Say again.
0: No opposition here.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? No. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's you know I I love to do the little parts that make modern women so feel very sexy, but it's I would say it's a little conservative kind of traditional and I I I really like some of the classic styles. So my take or my my motive is really always just building on top of these classic silhouettes that we love or you know almost reviving a different time period. I want you to look at it and see this other period i that's my favorite thing is when people see a dress and they're like i love it it reminds me of this this and that or when i did the um i did a spring collection called of wine and roses that was before the daywear collection and people loved that the pearl buttons are like oh my gosh it's so classy i love this and i love when people say the words that i'm saying to myself in my head the whole time i'm sketching this you know all night um so yeah i think it's a mix of both definitely more on the conservative side by design
0: mm-hmm yeah. well, i will say this that looking at your instagram um even the models that you choose the entire thing as an entity it just oozes confidence thank you and obviously now interviewing you i, I get it i see why
1: <laughs> <laughs> i hope so yeah i mean it, it definitely it has some scary moments i definitely won't lie about that um But confidence is definitely what it is about. And I'm, you know, it's an awesome position for me to be making my own mark while working to be a part of the stories of other women who are maybe in the same position as me Um, and really just reflect that. Yeah,
0: I probably I probably know the answer to this next question, but. Why the decision to name it after you? You know, some designers name it something, you know, galactical, whatever. You know,
1: something a little bit more clever than their actual name. Yeah, no,
0: I wouldn't say clever. <laughs> they probably want to separate themselves from the brand a bit. But you know, um, it's 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 very personal to to
1: put your name yes. on it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It is, you know, and that was a decision that truly just came naturally, and I. You know, I mean, I don't know how this sounds, but I didn't always like my name when I was younger. I hated it. I absolutely wanted we're not, to. We're, we're,
0: we're, good. we're not going to allow your parents to listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, they know. They know. My mother had to, you know, she had a good long talk with me telling me, you know, you're you know what your name means. Like, do you know? You know, it was like a, do you know who you are Type have a conversation? <laughs> and I was like, at the time, like, no, like, you know, I just well, don't. What, what
0: does Azana mean?
1: Azana actually means ultimate, and my middle name, Serene, is calm, so ultimate calm.
0: Oh. Um,
1: Yeah, right? It sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty deep. Right? And so naming the collection after myself, or the brand, excuse me, I should, um, the reason I chose that was because it is close to heart. And it was, like you said, about confidence in who I am and what, what that name is, and not not really feeling like I could do better than that, to be honest. I wanted it to be something that was really close to the heart. It was something unique. And I, later on in life now, I was proud of my name. And I was, um, I just, I, I loved it. It was so unique. I mean, I don't, at the moment, know another Azana. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I like to pretend I'm the only one. And uh, That's
0: good for your Google searches.
1: Right there we go. See, <laughs> that's why I stuck with the name for the Google searches. That's what it was all about. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't want to separate the brand from me because I couldn't think of anything else that I would really want to put my name on. Anything else that would come to you know mean as much. And you know, for the for the levels that I see Azana Serene reaching, it'll be more than just a women's wear brand one day. Azana Serene will be a name that people remember and it'll soon be an umbrella that holds not only women's wear, but men's wear um, maybe expanding into other areas. I don't know. Maybe there's linen, maybe there's uh, plates, maybe there's bridal wear, definitely bridal wear. You know, there's so many things that I want to do.
0: People buy fashion for their pets. Who knows? There we go.
1: <laughs> it says, you know, the, the level that I saw it reaching, I, I compared it to, you know, dreaming big, like something like LVMH. And I, I wanted to be like that. I wanted a household name, and I couldn't think of any good designer or any designers that I resonate with whose stories that I followed, who didn't have the confidence to put their own name on it. And, you know, what better way than to, you know, commit than to, than to put your name on it. Now it's out there.
0: Most definitely, most definitely. Now your line, Azana Serene, uh again, as I mentioned from your Instagram, and we're gonna have everybody going over to their Instagram, please. Um it's very dramatic. It's like it's looking at your line is almost like you're looking at a movie almost. You know what I mean? Like and this is just that's just in the photography.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I worked with a really amazing team for um for this daywear collection. It was a new opportunity and uh, not only to I mean, I already love to highlight diverse women, but in this case, I had the opportunity to work with an all-female crew in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Wow. It was a really, yeah, it was it was super amazing. That's actually where this was shot. They were um, on a boat on the Red Sea. Why,
0: why so, Saudi Arabia?
1: So Saudi Arabia. Well, one thing I came to know. So I happened to connect with another designer there, the owner of Out Couture Fashion House mm-hmm. in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and it Became apparent to me that these this is an industry, a group of women who don't necessarily always have a voice. And I, you know, it was a really great opportunity for us to come together and get to build this collection to see my vision executed so well. I mean, like you said, I, mean, I watched it back and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a movie! Like, is this a trailer to something else? Right, <laughs> um,
0: I felt, so, I felt that <laughs> right, yeah, I
1: was like, What is this? Oh my, so you know, it was. It was awesome to get to work in a group like that. I've never worked on a team that was all female, so you know, shout out to us for that. <laughs> and I was, I was really grateful to Oak Couture for being able to, um, to be able to bring this to life for me. Daywear was new for me, so it was, it was a, it was a lot of new experiences at once. Right, I was working internationally, I was doing a daywear collection, and I was, um, I was really kind of in, in giving a, a much more trust than I was used to to another person to to really help bring this vision to life and doing it all from LA, right? Cause I wasn't, I wasn't physically there. Um, so definitely a lot of firsts and I mean it all, as you can see, it worked out really well. It was awesome.
0: So you shipped your pieces over.
1: Yes. So this was a lot of, a Co- lot of shipping back and forth.
0: Coordination.
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Coordination. If there, if there's something I've got down now, it's definitely the coordination, a lot of, you know, syncing up on timing, and you know, so now there's three a.m. phone calls. I actually watched the photo shoot at like from like till like three a.m. that day because they they started early for them, and it was it was really awesome. So you were on live
0: feed. Did you did you give any direction at all?
1: Yes, I did. So it was myself and the Haute couture owner. And we're, we're just watching, and we're hearing the wind whip, and just, you know, me trying to yell through the FaceTime phone, you know, like, yeah, do this, or put your arm here, and like, love it, yes, you know, just just being the hype man for the whole shoot. Um, they were kind of just trade-off holding the phone, like the photographer, or the videographer, and watching the makeup artist. I actually, unfortunately, never got to meet these women in person, so, I mean, it was it was a really great commitment i mean the fact we were just moving like bam 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 you know they they really brought it together and we the, i feel like as much as i was giving direction you know the moment it, the words were on my mouth it was already happening you know it was super awesome um to work with all of them
0: you certainly have an eye for uh direction i can tell like the way some of the, the ladies are posed and and how the garments flow and our place, i'm like yeah somebody was doing some heavy direction on this oh, yeah.
1: heavy direction i mean well what Miriam, she she is just a pro i mean i'm telling you it was like yes I, you should have seen me it's so foolish i'm on my couch watching it all go down and posing like somebody can see me um <laughs> i was like trying to give direction i'm like yeah do this and angle your shoulder and i'm like as she's not actually watching you she can't see but um it, it was a great job. A lot of, a lot of coordination went into this and I have to say the team that I worked with, they were very thorough. There was no detail that we didn't talk through. And, you know, this is another thing with, with fashion that people don't always get to see is all that behind the scenes work just for a, I think the video is like a minute or something, you know, a lot to go into just really telling this story, a full story in a minute, you know, that's a lot to, to bring together and, I mean, we did it. <laughs> we did it. And I have to say, it was like, it was so shocking to see and kind of look back and be like, okay, we made that happen. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I'm cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. Exactly. It had one of my moments. So, like, not a not a eureka moment, but like, Azana, okay, good job. You know, <laughs> we, we did this.
0: My affirmations worked that day.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> what, what are some of the uh, accomplishments? of the of the brand thus far like have you shown it fashion shows or spreads in uh, um, media
1: yes um a few accomplishments actually i'm actually very grateful for the opportunities um azana serene and the collection is actually available in regard style house which is a showroom here based in los angeles um that's owned by the wonderful dimitri and with working with that showroom i've actually you know been able to meet a lot of amazing people and get a lot of red carpet placements or editorial placements. Those are some really uh, proud accomplishments of mine. Oh, do tell them red carpet. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one of my latest ones was actually a magazine placement. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the movie tax collector. Um, but I was really fortunate to work with one of the actresses there and, um, she wore one of my pieces and telling her story. Her name was Cynthia Carmona. Mm-hmm. Um, she was one of my placements. Does anybody? I don't know if anybody watched Prison Break. Um, do you remember that show?
0: No, of <laughs>
1: Oh, yes. Okay, so Sarah, or that's that's her real name, Sarah. The I forget her name as the character on the show. Um, she was the nurse, and then she ended up helping them escape and all that good stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was actually fortunate to dress her for Regard magazine, actually.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. As the Jamaicans say, big things are gone.
1: There you go. That's <laughs> what it is. Big things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, on. for aspiring designers, Azana, uh, can you talk about the discipline involved in doing a, a first of all, a company and then, the, and then individual lines?
1: Yes. Um. It it definitely takes persistence, persistence, and I have to remind myself that even on a regular basis that it's not something that happens overnight, and you you got to decide that you want it. You know, you have to commit to it because you, design is definitely. And someone said this to me, and I it took me a while to like hear it the right way, <clears throat> but someone telling you know people people aren't concerned about you. They're not looking for new designers. You know, nobody wakes up and they're like, let me see what new designers are out there today. No, you have to really build a name for yourself. And that's not something that happens, um, always as fast as you'd like it to be really. So it takes a lot of focus and there are, there are a lot of moving parts. And I was, I've been fortunate enough to work with some people who are much more experienced than I am that have kind of helped me Learn that craft and be able to wear these multiple hats. You know, sometimes it's it's very much of a one woman show running as on a serene So there's the business side of it. There's the creative side of it. There is the <laughs> production side of it that I have to be involved in. You know, there's just a lot of moving pieces and people to communicate with, you know, putting on a photo shoot is a beast in, an, in and of itself. And then just to produce samples, to create the website, you know, there's, um, I've been fortunate enough to call on a lot of people to, you know, give, give their advice, give their two cents or whatever it is in one way or the other. Um, But I've also learned that you got to be willing to ask the questions. You have to know where your strengths are and you have to be more than anything. You have to be driven to do it because no one's really going to, it, no, no one's going to be there to, to make it something for you. And as you know, as we'd all like to think that just cause you make something pretty, that that's enough. And it's just not, you're not the only designer. You're not the only one up and coming and fashion moves so fast. You blink and something new is going on. You know, I mean, this pandemic has it, something new is going on now, just in these few months, it has changed the fashion world. Um, I'd actually planned as you've mentioned, big events, um, Arabia Fashion Week was definitely on the table. And that is something, you know, you have to be prepared for all of these changes. Um, So I think as an up-and-coming designer, I've just learned that that you also have to have tough skin. And I mean, that applies to a lot of places in business, right? It's not personal. And as a creative, I can say it's really easy to take these things personally. Yeah, so I think that the biggest thing is just about being diligent with your work and remembering that the advice that people are giving their feedback is not personal. You know, there's not people necessarily just waiting for the next new big designer and you know sometimes when you're when you're getting started you feel that way you're like i have this amazing thing to share as a creative why is it not taking out why why are people not reacting kind of how i hoped and that was you know that was a hit to my ego it was a lot to kind of take in but You got to be persistent in getting your message out there. It takes a lot of emailing. It takes a lot of networking. It takes a tremendous amount of confidence to get in front of people and share something that is so personal to you, you know, with other people and have them believe in it the way that you do, have them see the story the way that you do, you know? And I learned a lot from other people. I had to adjust my perspective and instead of choosing to be offended or, you know frustrated with what people are saying it, it was it became more of a learning experience for me in telling my story and learning what a zonister does mean to me because um i remember when i graduated from fitum i was so i graduated in december of 2018 i established the business i established a zonisterian in february of 2019 um so you know I, it's still fresh i'm still a baby and I was so frustrated so early on. I went to my professor from cinema. I was like, Yeah, hey, Miss Amanda, this is just not taking off. I was just having a complete meltdown in her office. And she was like, Azana, you you need, a, you need to get it together. One, you know, she's not, a, she, she's, not, um, she's not here for the tears. You know, she's ready to just make moves. And she really made it clear to me that like, you have to know why you're here. And you can't be shaken by the nose. You can't be shaken by the lack of progress in, you know, funny to look back now, it, not enough time, not even a year. You can't be shaken by that. So you have to know why you're here. And I told her, I was like, no, I do know why I'm here. And she said, really? Because you don't sound like it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, fine. I don't sound like it. And she was like, and if that's what I'm thinking, why would anybody else buy your brand? And I was like, okay, got it
0: yeah
1: um yeah it, it hurt to hear but at the same time you know can you answer those questions message for yourself received. you know right message received i was like okay all right amanda thank you i get it um so it took some you know sometimes i think it really goes in cycles a lot of the times you find yourself going back to the drawing board and figuring out how can i make this better what are other designers doing that i'm not doing and i think I would really press this to anybody looking to be in design or other creatives, you have to surround yourself with that circle. And I think for so long, I was trying to kind of do it on my own. And I wasn't really connecting with people. And that has made all the difference in really trying to get to know people. Um, Really getting to know people and Learning from others, not being afraid to say, hey, what did you do? Or, hey, I'm struggling with this. How did you do production? Where did you do production? I don't know how this works, you know? So asking those questions and learning from people um, went a very long way. And having a sense of self as a, as a brand.
0: Mm-hmm. Now take, a, take us through some of the, the crucial steps that you would have uh-huh. gone through uh, along your journey. And I I'm, I'm the reason I'm asking this is a lot of times I speak to younger people particularly uh, you know in the Caribbean they're into fashion they want to be designers but they just don't have many um, guides close to them or many people close to them that are have been successful and mm-hmm. they're they're puzzled and confused as to well what step 1 step 2 step 3 step 4 what are some of the crucial <laughs> steps
1: um, some of the crucial steps, okay so I so one, let me start by saying i I am a firm believer and this this is hard for me to say I'm a person who likes plans, I like rules and I like lists, right but in this, there is no. Hard and fast rule. There is no me telling you, okay, so you build a website, you make the design, and then everybody loves it. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I would love if it worked that way. God knows I would. (laughs) But um, to still kind of give you that breakdown, um, I think the first thing that you can do is know, know the brand. You know, what is that story? And this is something that I wish I hadn't waited to do. But putting together a simple deck or a document, however you want to write it down and get it out there. What is your message? You know, what what are you about? That's a big crucial step. Another crucial step is obviously knowing your product or service. And I think sometimes um, you can get intimidated and you can really talk yourself out of it when you kind of take on everything as one big pie. So when I say know your product or service, focus on one small thing. And be realistic about it, you know. There are a lot of things I want to accomplish as a designer, but I would be fooling myself to take on women's wear, men's wear, day wear, wear, all those things today right now. So when I say that, I'm saying zero in on something and figure out that one thing that you're good at and do it well. Do it well. Don't try to go for volume. Um, So know your product, define your brand, and I would say Network networking is going to be a huge key because it's going to unlock all the doors to the things that you have yet to think about and it's going to guide you through the things that you're currently thinking about whether it is how do I get together my financial plan how do I form a budget that's another crucial step you have this product you have this idea you know your story okay what is what are the what are the things that it's going to take to make that happen do you need certain materials do you need some kind of certain connection do you need a website to sell it and figure out how those what those things are going to cost. Write it all down. You know, the more that you document these things and write it down, the better. Um, don't just try to approach it all in your head. Kind of make this formal checklist. So you're telling your story, you're figuring out your product, you're networking, and you're figuring out your budget. And then I think the biggest thing from there is really just setting up personal goals for yourself. Um, what, and I think it's, you don't want to go too far out with that. Maybe your goal is, okay, what am I going to do this week? Or what am I going to do for the next three months? What am I going to do this quarter, right? Or what am I going to do in the next six months? And kind of give yourself those, give yourself that room to grow and hold yourself to it. Um, what I keep on for me, I have an active to-do list literally just on, um, something I think that's on like Google sheets and it's an active to do list that I'm always adding new things to and giving myself a date and I'm crossing it off, crossing it off, just little little baby steps to get like 1% better than you were the next day. Um, I think it's really important to do that, especially as a creative because it can be very overwhelming when you try to look at everything that you don't necessarily have in place yet. So I would take those big steps, like building the story and that story can be in the form of a brand book, something like that. That's what I have. I have a simple brand book, no more than four pages. It says what the brand is about. It identifies some of the cornerstones of the brand. It expresses some of um, some of the consumer barriers, and then it re- it there are rebuttals to those things. So, simple document that keeps me aligned, and you know that is kind of my guiding factor. I know what my product is. And then you use all of these elements to really identify your product, your excuse me, your target market. You you have to know who you're talking to, and if there is a market for what you're doing, and be willing to to kind of adapt to be a part of that. Yeah, I mean it's it's there there are a lot of steps to it, and one thing I will say is I don't think there's any wrong order to approach that list, um, but it's just very important that you do it all of the small things, and I think. To me, the biggest way you can help yourself is really definitely asking questions. Um, that's how I get through my day, I, and I tell people all the time: I ask a lot of questions, and I'm, <laughs> I'm always going to take an opportunity to learn from somebody else or to grow, and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes that they may have made along the way. You know, why not? So get as organized as you can, and take your time. Something that was really hard for me, just in fashion, because it moves so fast. I th- I was holding myself to a standard of designers who have been in the game for like 20 plus years you know that's that's the majority of my life right there so for me to assume that in two years i can do that is you know that was a that was a tad ambitious (laughs) just a tad
0: they're working with massive teams
1: Right, you know, and they've they've got the they've got the years of experience. It's just so much, you know. And I think that's another really great thing for yourself. If you don't know what you want to do, if some of the the ideas that I've laid out, if you don't know what your brand really is, if you don't know what the service is or something like that, that's fine. Because the best thing you can do is also get experience. You know, my years at Fitem really helped me learn my craft. And then the next major step was getting experience in the real world. It was taking an internship or going to study and do little tasks for somebody. You never know what it can turn into. I've done fabric sourcing. I've done pattern cutting. I've done, I've sewn up samples for another designer. I've just spent time in showrooms, literally my job, watching the showroom. That was it. You know, just spending time. In this fashion presence I've helped do fittings you know just taking on different roles really helps you figure out what you want to do and what you're going to do different or better you know that that is my hope right now I'm working with um, with an intern in college and my hope is to really show them the ropes and hopefully have them make less mistakes than I did and so I think that's really important if you don't know which way you're going take the time to learn from somebody else um, it always sounds bad, but you know, people say, learn on somebody else's dollar. And it's really true. Don't go blow your whole budget that you can use later on when you don't know what you're doing. And I think that was one of the mistakes um, that I had to learn. You know, I was so ready to jump the gun and like be famous and dressed in day of tomorrow. So it was like, let me just get all these designs out or something like that. And it took some more craft. It took some more time to really get the message across on the website and the Instagram and everything that you see that's out there now. It's really taking time to
0: build that identity
1: out and slowing down was the best thing that I could have done versus just like, got to be now, now, now I have to keep up with the pace of fashion and the seasons of fashion. So just, you know, take your time and do one thing right. And it'll be so much better than just jumping out there.
0: Now, Azana, what are some of the things that you had to overcome? What pushback have you received, if any?
1: Oh, definitely some pushback. So I would say there are a few. Right, I am a young black woman, and I feel like that alone says some of the challenges that I may have faced. You know, it's hard to get people to sometimes take you seriously when you're so young. Uh, It's hard to get people to take you seriously when you're a woman sometimes. And I have been rejected by plenty of people that I thought, you know, it was, it was a no brainer for us to work together. And unfortunately, like all stereotypes, some of them are true. Some of them are based in reality. Right. And you know, the, the fashion industry, I'm not going to, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. You got to get over it. Sometimes you got to get over yourself. And you got to get over the fact that people aren't always going to like what you're making. That's fine. They don't have to, you know, it's, it's very rare that you're designing for everybody anyways, And so it was it's kind of a huge pill to swallow when people don't like your brand or they insult it. They think it's just using ugly words to describe it. And so I really had to overcome people's negative energy and make sure that I am that I that that doesn't shake me on the brand. Because what you also can't do is change every time somebody points something out, you know, like I can't. You, that's why it's important to know your vision and what you stand for because some people aren't going to like it. They're like, oh, it's too old, or why don't you just make T-shirts, or oh, yeah, you went to a trade school, that's cute, things like that. It was insulting my education. It was insulting my age. It was ins- not taking me seriously getting into the luxury fashion industry, thinking that I should just do streetwear, or people kind of more being amazed after the fact. They're like, oh, wow, okay, like it's it's actually working out. <laughs> Um. yeah, so I think I've definitely had to overcome some of the negative energy. There's also not a huge representation of black women in luxury. You know, when you think of the major designers, I bet the first few that come to mind are owned by men or someone who is not a person of color. And that is definitely hard for me. It's hard for me to have the same voice, to not get pigeonholed which is something that can often happen. It's hard for me to really compete with these luxury designers who have been around. A lot of people just don't give you the time of day and people can be rude. And again, you know, you got to have thick skin and figure out, okay, that's, that's how this person feels, but how am I going to move on anyways? Or, you know, you're not taking me seriously right now. There's really just no time for me to be offended by people not wanting to work with me because of my age or because I'm a woman or any of those little silly things and the, in the grand scheme of it, it all feels much smaller than what I'm trying to do. Cause I'm trying to, I really am trying to make a bigger name for black women in luxury and that has to keep, you know, whatever, whatever drives you, whatever that factor is, it has to keep you focused.
0: So piggybacking off that, um, mm-hmm. obviously you mentioned, you know, black women are 99% of the time the trendsetters, uh,
1: 100%. 99.9 Slash <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> 100% of the time They're also the biggest spenders when it comes to fashion Speak to the importance of being a black woman And having black women take up space in the luxury segment of the industry mm,
1: Okay, I like that So the importance of it is that Um so as I'm sure you guys are seeing the recent events and, you know, obviously all the protests that have been going on with all the unfortunate things, people fighting for Black Lives Matters and things like that. And that was another kind of an aha moment for me in realizing um, that there are not a lot of people like me. You know, if you just do, you could do a quick Google search and find, type in top luxury designers None of them are black. And that, that spoke to me a lot. Because like you said, how do we guide the trends? so many times? How are the women that I think of in fashion, are they, there's Zendaya, it's Bazoma St. John, it's Beyonce, it's all of these women, and they're not being dressed by black women. That's not who's getting to tell the luxury story all the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm and they, not, and they're, a, and
0: they're the biggest consumers.
1: Right, they're the biggest consumers. They drive the fashion. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not the only one. But it meant a lot to me. To get to be a part of that, to one day look back and really have made that mark, to be striving to be somewhere where it is typically very male oriented. You know, it's it's fashion and somehow we some people like to equate that with women, but you know, think Gucci, think Louis Vuitton, all of these bigger brands, what women are running the show? What what women of color? are running the show to even go further. That's why someone like Rihanna, I love what she's doing. It's pretty monumental to be a part of LDMH as a black woman is a big deal. And that's the impact that I hope to have myself is to be very conscious of the fact that maybe there's some girl out there who also wants to do what I'm doing. So it's important about how I get it done. So, and
0: no, go I'm, ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Um, yeah, it's just, it's important about how I get it done and it's important about how it's represented I think um, oftentimes it's easy for people to pigeonhole or think that black women can only do one thing. It's crazy. No matter how much um, we're able to drive the trends, it is very easy to get pigeonholed and things you have to be aware of. Like I've been told, you know, you want to be careful of the the ratio between the models, you know, like... um, you know maybe having two white women and one black model or something like that and it's it's always crazy to me that we have to there's some kind of weird balance or mathematical ratio that we don't necessarily talk about so that there's not too much black or you know and somehow that turns that drives away from the from the luxury experience or the feeling that if I'm not telling the luxury story you know well who is who you know who who is the designer that's speaking to this And why can't black women have that same delicacy, that same luxury feel? Why can't women have that style? Black women, you know? And I love to make styles where I think black women have this, just this energy that they exude, you know? And I thought to pair that with these elegant designs is everything. And it was a big opportunity for me.
0: So I'm going to ask you this as a black designer. You mentioned Rihanna and her affiliation with LVMH. Mm -hmm. Um what do you say to those who would ask why ask for a seat at the table? Why not build your own tables?
1: Oh, I think both are definitely true. I don't think, um, I think Rihanna, just her as an example, she is a standalone. I commend her for what she has done. And it is definitely my intention to make my own seat. Um, I think there, there are two kind of fights that you fight there, right? There is, not necessarily the need to be accepted at the table, but more like I can compete at this table. As a matter of fact, you know, that, that, is, that is something that I look forward to. I don't want to necessarily compete for the spot. I'm going to earn that spot. And I also want to build my own LVMH. You know, I want Azana Serene to carry the same weight one day. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you could collaborate with any of the larger corporate brands, though. Even as you as you develop, which one would it be, and why?
1: I don't know, you stumpy. Who would I collaborate with? Uh, I don't know. As far as a developed designer, um, I've only ever thought about who I wanted to design for, who would be wearing it, never. Mm. I guess who I would work with Along the way But you know Um,
0: Just in terms of Of streetwear You know Supreme Collaborates with a bunch of people
1: (laughs) Right Oh yeah Supreme is like (laughs) They have all the collaborations (laughs) I don't know I would love to I don't know I think I think I'm open I'm open minded for sure To what opportunities Come my way As far as I mean brands off the top of my head I mean (sighs) I I don't know, maybe Rihanna's brand, maybe maybe Fenty in some way. I think maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be someone else who's doing fashion design. You know, maybe it's lingerie or something. I think that would be very beautiful. But I I actually don't know what's in store as far as collaborations. Oh, yeah.
0: well, we'll work it out, we'll work it out, we'll work it out. <laughs>
1: we'll
0: work it out. <laughs> now, what advice would you give the 12-year-old Azana? with regard to the journey would you would you have done every, anything different or
1: 12-year-old uh, is on. i don't know i would tell her a lot of things i think i would have to say that one you are closer than you think and that what you're doing is important and that you know that it that it's worth it and i think if i could do anything differently Um, It would definitely be just taking more time. Um, I'm a person who's like, you know, now, now, now. I'm just, I'm ready all the time. And in my head, things can be very linear and with fashion and, you know, most things worth having, worth working for, right? It's not that clear light at the end of the tunnel type of path that we would like it to be. So I think I wish I, if anything, I could have just slowed down a little bit. Um, just to perfect where I'm going, but I think 12 year old designer would need to hear that, uh, you're in the right place. Really?
0: Mm -hmm. I like that answer.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Any, um, (laughs) any parting advice for aspiring designers, anything that you didn't cover yet that you, uh, any little nugget that you'd like to drop?
1: Um, any little nugget that I'd like to drop, my mic drop moment, um, for aspiring designers, I would just tell them, I mean, maybe it sounds cliche, but I think, you know, your vision is important. Fashion isn't going anywhere. And somebody new is going to take on that story. And if it's going to be you, you got to be willing to put in the work, you know, these brands That have been around so long, they didn't get to the success that they reached overnight. You know, you're talking about brands that started with small shoe companies back in the 1800s, somewhere in Europe, and now look. So, if I could speak to those designers, I would tell them just dig in. Dig in right now and think about the story that is to come.
0: Mm -hmm. Light question for you. Okay. Everybody has that favorite food while they're designing or drawing. What is your favorite go-to snack?
1: This is the easiest question. Hands down. It is peanut M&Ms. I eat an absurd amount of them all the time. That's the go-to snack. <laughs> that is my fuel. That's my energy source right there. That's the, that's the magic to all you designers out there. Peanut m ms That's the trick to it all.
0: <laughs> Azana Serene, what is next on the agenda for you?
1: What is next? Ooh, that is exciting. I think there are a lot of things coming. I won't tell you guys all the good news yet, but um, I mean, the, one of the first new things, you know, Daywear is really just new for me in itself. Um, the brand, this collection, I mean, launched just like last week. Um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Daywear is definitely something that's new for the brand, getting into these other ideas of elegance that's not just Daywear. Um, so, I'm really excited to be offering more custom pieces to people and bringing elegance in different forms. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you. Yes. After all is said and done, and you're 90 years old, still, <laughs> still, still, still designing for fun, looking Love out it. at your 28 acres in Colorado. <laughs>
1: I like this life uh-huh what is
0: your ultimate goal what, what is it that that thing that you would like to say i wanted to accomplish this and i accomplished it uh,
1: i would love to do something that i feel my father has tried to do for our family which is just create that generational wealth you know i want a company that i can pass down to my children and when i'm 90 i want to be looking out at my great-grandchildren or whoever and I want to be sitting back and somebody else is running Azana Serene, you know, and they're telling me, Azana, you're too old, we got this, you know, <laughs> my <laughs> my dream is to pass it on and to see Azana Serene become something that is just, a, I mean, a legacy that's what I want
0: <laughs> a legacy, mm-hmm. love it now Azana, this is a segment of the interview where I strap on my spacesuit, fashionably designed, oh, wow. and I jump oh. off the planet and I leave you there alone <laughs> the planet is yours, whatever you want to say to the audience. go ahead.
1: Ah, uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to my story i mean it's it's empowering honestly and very special to me to get to share this with you guys i'm I'm really still just getting started, but moments like this make me remind me of what I'm doing, and like you know that people are listening. It makes me excited it makes me feel a little special so um, thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Planet Thirty, for giving me the space to have a voice. Of
0: course. Now, Azana, the the all important question of the of of the interview: How do we contact you?
1: Oh, most definitely. So, you guys can reach me a few different ways. Um, the my Instagram is Azana Serene. Just. Um, A-Z-A-N-A S-E-R-E-N-E that is the Instagram that is also my website please go check out the collection tell your friends tell your friends mom tell everybody um, I also have an email that you can reach me if you have any questions I'm happy to answer them um, happy to just offer whatever advice that I can my email is serene at Azanaserene.com.
0: there you go Az- Azana Serene future designer for Bozoma Saint-Jean and, yes. um, and Rihanna and a few others or more than a few others thank you so oh, much yeah. for joining me today on Planet 30
1: thank you for having me
0: take care thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30 follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30 like us on Facebook.com Slash planet thirty. Our email address is on thirty at gmail.com. That's O N P L A N E T T H I R T Y at gmail.com. For more information about Planet thirty, visit our website planet 30com That's P L A N E T T H I R T Y dot com. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30.